Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are excited that you are joining us this morning. As we do every Sunday, we want to thank our praise and worship team for ushering us into God's presence. We've had the opportunity to celebrate Holy Communion, and now we come together to listen to what the Spirit has to teach us this morning. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. The title of my sermon is The Greatness of God. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for this awesome opportunity, God, to be able to come before you and be able, God, to hear the message that you have for us this morning. I ask, Father God, that you prepare our hearts, that you open our ears, God, and that you prepare our spirit so that we can receive your message this morning. Move freely, God, in our hearts and in our spirit this morning. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, the scripture readings in the book of Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. And it says this, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away, that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food. And breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve full baskets. There were about five thousand men who ate besides women and children. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. So just a little bit of background on this um, story, on this scripture. And if you look at um, the beginning of the chapter, um, you find that Jesus had just heard the news about the terrible murder of John the Baptist. He had just gotten word of, of the horrible way that John the Baptist had died, that had beheaded him. Now, John the Baptist wasn't just a partner in ministry with Jesus. He was actually Jesus's cousin. And if you remember, John the Baptist is the one that baptized Jesus. So, so naturally, Jesus felt a heaviness as he heard the news. And, and he felt compelled to just go away for a little bit, to, to go to a remote place to be able to, to grieve and process what he was feeling. Now, we saw that Jesus did this often, especially when things uh, were difficult. And what he did is he withdrew to spend time with the Father, to spend time in prayer. Now, one of the things that I love about this uh, scripture as well is that um, it shows the humanity of Jesus um, here as he heard the news. So it says that he went to a solitary place. And that's where our story begins. This story the miracle of the 5,000, of the feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle that you find in all of the Gospels. 
And the thing is that we get so amazed with the miracle, and we should. I mean, this is this is amazing, right? How did he feed? And it's not just five thousand, actually, it's five thousand men. So during that time, you know, the women and children were not counted, but the men didn't travel alone. So we could easily say that it was probably ten to twelve thousand. I think there's probably more than that, but we can easily say it was probably about ten to twelve thousand people. So how did Jesus feed twelve thousand people with just five loaves of bread and two fish? So so of course we are amazed and, and we think it is is awesome to to see the miracle. But because we're so focused on the miracle, we also can forget a very important part of this scripture. And that is, why did Jesus feed them? Why did Jesus do this? And so if we're not careful, we'll miss that because we're so amazed, again, and rightly so, about the miracle. But we want to see today what moved Jesus to do this. And that was the great compassion that Jesus had. <clears throat> now, I want you to imagine what was happening here. Jesus in his humanity, because this is a part that I think sometimes we forget about Jesus, is that yes, he is the Messiah, and yes, um, he is God incarnate, but he, during this time, was also a hundred percent human. He felt the same emotions. He felt the same pain. He got as just as tired, and, and he got as hungry um, as we do as humans. And so, so I want you to, to imagine that he is in hum, his humanity. He just heard the terrible news. And imagine how he must have felt that he just needed to get away for a little bit and just be able to grieve and just be able to process what had just happened. And I'm ask you, can you relate to that? Maybe not to the extreme of the situation, but, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that you and I have been in a position where we just feel overwhelmed, where we are just, we just want to disconnect for a little while. We just want to disappear for a little bit, right? And, and it gets to the point where we are counting the days or maybe even counting the hours when we're going to be able to just turn it off, just go away, just go home and, and turn off the phone and, and just, just, just be, um, invisible for a little while. Have you ever felt that way? You know, especially right now with everything that's going on, I'm sure many of us have felt like it's just overwhelming and we just we just need some space, we just need some time. But imagine that when you when you can almost see it, you can almost feel like, you know, I'm almost there, and then you get that phone call that says, We need you. How do you respond? How what is, your re what is your reaction when you get that phone call? So this is what happened with Jesus. And when we see that Jesus' response was to be compassionate. What about us? When that happens to us, when we are interrupted, how do we respond? Is it compassion or is it something else? Today, we're going to look at three life application points. When we look at the greatness of God and how great God is, there are so many different aspects that make God great. So today, I want to break it down to just three life application points that are going to help us apply this story, this same miracle, into our lives today. So get your pens and your paper ready so you can take some notes. Life application point number one is we're going to look at the God of great compassion.
So first, let's look at what is compassion. And the dictionary says, compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as a feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. Now, I think it's important that we look at the definition because I honestly believe that today, many of us confuse com sympathy with compassion. And I say that because I think we do we do feel bad when we see a situation, you know, we do feel bad about it. And, 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 and maybe we, we get a little moved by it, but at some point we are able to just walk away from it. At some point we are able to just, just disconnect from it. At, at some point, even though we see the situation and maybe we feel a little bad about it, we are able to just go along um, our day and, and be able to just push that away. And, and we're able to just move on to the next, thing and, and even not even lose sleep over it. So compassion is when, when it is, it is more than just a feeling. It is an emotion. When, when you can feel the pain that they're feeling, when you just feel like, oh my God, I have to do something. When, when you see the pain and you move towards it because you, you feel like you feel the same pain and you, you have to do something. You want to do something. And, and, and that's where we get the, the comments, for example, when they say, it just broke my heart, right? It, it was, it's not just a feeling, it literally feels like my, it just, my heart was broken. There's another term that we use, it was a gut-wrenching experience, right? Like somebody just went in there and just pulled um, our, our, you know, everything out of us that, that just, it just hurt. That is what compassion is. And let me tell you something else about compassion, church. It is not convenient. It, it will never be at the right time. See, I think we, we think that, that compassion or that we should be moved to feel compassion when, when we are emotionally available. I think we feel like, you know, it's okay to be compassionate. And maybe we expect that we can be compassionate when we've gotten a full nice rest and, and okay, I'm, I'm able to be compassionate now. You know, maybe some of us will even say, my compassion day is on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is my compassionate Wednesday. And that is when, and that's not, it's not the way it works. Compassion is not convenient. And in fact, compassion is costly. You know, why do I say that? Because if anything, emotionally, it will, you know, cost us our comfort. You know, when we are able to say, not my problem, not my clowns, not my circus, have you ever heard that uh, comment? Well, when we're able to say those things, it's because, you know, I'm not going to get moved by it. I'm not going to get out of my comfort zone. But when, when I say compassion is costly, it's because we can't help it. Because we feel now what that person is feeling because you know we just can't we just can't walk away from it we just can't let it go the spirit continues to pull at our hearts and we feel this heaviness and we just feel compelled to do something and you know what yes it is not convenient yes it is costly and it is also a commandment we find that in colossians 3:12 so as those who have been chosen of god holy and beloved Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
See, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Colossians, and in and, and the book of Colossians, there's two things that we see. We see the majesty of Christ, right? we see the supremacy of Christ, but we also see how it is that we're supposed to live, um, being that, that um, those children of God. You know, you know, when we look at God and his character and his nature, you know, it's hard for us to fathom what that is, but God gave us Jesus, who in his humanity modeled God's character and nature. And so modeled it so that we then can follow that same model. So when we read this commandment, is he saying, because you are chosen, because you are children of the Almighty God, then put on that compassion. It's not an option, is what I'm saying. It's not something that we can say, it's okay, I'll pass. And so why is it important that we understand that? Because when we don't, we can do what the disciples did here, and we can respond the way they responded. What was their response? Jesus, send them away. It's not our problem. Hey, you know, imagine this. Imagine that, that they probably knew what Jesus was going to do. So, so I imagine they were probably saying, no, no, don't, Jesus, don't even look at them. Don't, don't look at them. Listen, you know, it's not a problem. They chose. They're the ones that chose to come here. You chose to, to come to this, um, you know, place that, that was isolated, and they chose to come. It's not our problem. You're the one. No, we didn't invite them, Jesus. They came. It was their own decision. Maybe they were saying, you know, they should have prepared for this trip. Who leaves on a trip to a remote area and doesn't prepare? And, and so, so they, that was their response. Their response was, you know what? It's not our problem. And it just makes sense. The reality is, church, that it is our problem. And that we can't just say, you know what, let's not even look at them because it didn't even make any sense. Their plan, their response was not aligned with the character and the nature of God and the character and nature of Jesus. And I think that they knew that, that you know, they were, they were going to try, but they knew Jesus was going to, to be moved and, 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 and not just heal them, but also be able to feed them. And, you know, why do I say that? I think because when we fully understand the nature and character of Christ, then, then we just know. You know, there was a, a, pre a preacher that was talking about how he was sharing a story with his children. I think they were five, year, five years old and six or seven years old. And, and he said when he told them, you know, and they brought the people that were sick to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus did? And immediately they said he healed them. And he said, and, and the people were hungry and they brought him to Jesus. And what do you think Jesus did? And immediately they said, he fed them. Because they know that this is the character and the nature of Christ. And so you and I, we should know that as well. But, but is that how we respond? Does that sound familiar? It's not our problem. Hey, it was their decision. Hey, it was their poor planning. It has nothing to do with us. Does that sound familiar to us? It should, because it is something that we see today. We see that response, sadly, even from the Christian community today. 
So here's something that we need to, to take away from Jesus' response is he didn't discriminate on who he felt compassion for. Listen, when he saw the multitude, when he saw the crowd, he didn't say, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Bring me only the Jews. We're only going to feed those the Jews and, and the Gentiles, they need to leave. He didn't say, okay, so, so let's look at, make sure that none of them have ever committed a crime. If any of them have committed a crime, then you know what? Send them away. We're not going to feed them. We're only going to feed those that have not committed a crime. You know, he didn't say, okay, we're going to look at um, so uh, a certain financial status. And because you know what? If they don't have any money to contribute, then you know what? We're not going to just send them away. Let's just keep those that were able to help. No, he didn't ask any questions. When he saw the crowd, he healed them. And then he said, you feed them. He was moved by compassion. And here's the other thing that we need to understand, church. Compassion does not have to be deserved. And, and, I, and, I, and I think we, we, we can subscribe to that mentality where we think that, you know what, those individuals don't deserve any compassion. They committed a crime. Let them pay for that. You know, and that's why I think today we can just look at, at the horrible things that are happening out there and we can be okay with that. Because I, somewhere down the line, we think that you need to deserve compassion. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't feel that way for you and for me? So, so listen, today we cannot discriminate when it comes to um, the compassion that we should feel for people. You know what? I'm not saying that we're going to solve every problem or we're going to feed every person. But if anything, it should break our hearts. And if anything, it should compel us to, to move towards doing something to help relieve that. Is compassion your response when you are interrupted? Do you feel like they should deserve compassion? And see, and that's an important question, church, because when we feel like, you know, compassion is something that should be deserved, then we can say, it's okay, they, they broke the law, so go ahead and, 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 and treat them that way. You know what? They chose, it's a parent's fault, so put the children in cages. You know, it's not our problem, it's not our fault. They deserve that. The parents deserve that. Yeah. Those are the things that are actually happening today. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that as a church we have all the answers. But what we do have is we have the powerful uh, model that Jesus showed us to feel compassion and to move to do something to help. Is compassion your response when you are interrupted? The second life application point is the God of great expectations. You know, I think many of us don't like expectations. We, we, we kind of, you know, it, it gets our attention. We, we, we stand up straight when we hear expectations because I think many of us don't, don't like people to have expectations of us. You know, we might say like, oh, you expect me to do certain things? And, and we don't like that. The funny thing, though, is that we're okay having expectations of others, right? I don't want you to expect... Things for me, let me do as I freely want to do. Let me move towards that. Let me get there. Don't, don't give me a list of expectations. However, we can 
expect things from others because you and I, in fact, there was a sermon about this. We say, I am disappointed because you didn't meet my, I was expecting you to do this and you didn't do this. And let me tell you something else that's interesting. We have expectations of God. The interesting thing is that we don't want God to have expectations of us. And so, so we, we, we go on this, on this dance of expectations and not meeting expectations. And let me tell you something that, that I think this is just the reality of it. The expectations that God has will defy common sense. It will, you know, and that's the thing. What happens is we try to rationalize sometimes, and that's why we are frozen sometimes. We are paralyzed, and we don't make decisions because we get overwhelmed because we try to make sense of it. We, we try to, to develop that formula. And, and, and listen, we just studied about the Holy Spirit and, and how He is a forgotten God, but the Holy Spirit has enabled us and empowered us to do not just, you know, simple things, but to do the supernatural things, to be the supernatural church. So absolutely, it will defy common sense. So Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away, you feed them. And I'm sure that they must have thought, um, I'm sorry, Jesus, what was that? We've got nothing. Now, this is the funny thing about the scripture, and I use the word funny um, loosely because I think it's just interesting. Look at their plan A. Send them away. Now, they were in a deserted place. It was a massive amount of people. And they were hurting. Some of them had been sick. A deserted place, <laughs> 12,000 people, and a lot of them had been traveling for, for days and, and, and had been sick and were hurting. And in the disciples' mind, they're saying, send them away so they can go get something to eat. The question would be, where? Where do we send them? It's not like today that we can have a Wendy's and a, a Whataburger across from each other and hey, you know what, here's, here's McDonald's too. They were in a deserted place. Where were they gonna get this? But you know what, we can rationalize this. We can, we can rationalize this so that we can be okay with us not taking any action. We, we can rationalize and say, I'm sure somebody will help them. I'm sure there's an organization out there that, that provides the kind of support. I'm sure that if they don't have what they need is because they're just not asking for it or they don't want to, to, to receive the help. And so, so we rationalize it and we then are able to make it somebody else's problem. And then we're okay with not taking any action. And then we're able to sleep at night. It's a powerful message, church. Let me tell you something, it's an important one and for such, a, for such a time as is. Now let's look at God's plan A. I think God tells them, you are right. You've got nothing, but bring them to me. I like the detail in the book of John. Remember, this is a miracle that's in all the gospels. And I encourage you to read the gospels because you will pick up some details that you don't see necessarily in all of them. But in the book of John, it tells us about, about a little boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. So, so let's talk about this little boy. Because imagine that Jesus tells them, hey, 
you feed them. And they're looking at each other like, what do we do? We've got nothing. And this little boy says, hey, I've got something. I've got five loaves of bread and I've got two fish. And imagine that when the disciples heard this, that they must have looked at the little boy and say, oh, you silly boy. That's not going to help. That's nothing. Now, I also imagine this, church. I imagine that when this little boy is there with his lunch that, and the disciples are saying, you're silly, that Jesus looked at that little boy, smiled at him, winked at him, and said, watch this. And he took the fish and the bread, and he blessed it, and he multiplied it. And I imagine the amazement on that little boy's face. Let me ask you something. Have you been that little boy? Are you that little boy today? That you see the need, you see what's out there and you say, all I've got is this. See, the reality, church, is that it didn't matter whether it was just one loaf of bread or one fish. It wasn't about the fish or the bread. It was about the willingness to offer it. And that is a message for us today when we talk about the God of great expectations is what, what has he given you? What are you willing to give? It's not about what it is. I imagine that people laughed at us when we um, started sharing the fact that we were going to open a new church. I imagine that they looked at us and said, you silly man. You're an IT person for crying out loud. Yeah, I know you went to seminary, but but listen, starting a church is hard. You know nothing about it. And I'm sure that some people laughed. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I, Mike and I could see Jesus look at us, smile and wink at us and say, watch this. And I'm so glad that we did. So my question, to you this morning is, what do you have? Imagine the face on that little boy and, and we can be just as amazed. You know, we've been talking about, we need to get activated. We've been talking about how the church is at a crossroads. And, and you know what, we're trying to, many churches are waiting for this pandemic to be over so we can just go back to normal. And, and, and our study about the Holy Spirit, the one revelation that the Spirit gave me was you, you cannot just wait. You cannot stand still. You've got to do something. And, and I'm going to guide you and I'm going to put you on that path, but you've got to start moving. And one of the things that the Spirit put in my heart is that we need to start with what we have. Right. So when, when the disciples uh, felt overwhelmed and, and as we can feel overwhelmed, saying, what do we do? How do we do this? And Jesus says, what, what do you have? And I realized that we have a room full of non-perishable items. We used to give a hundred bags of food every Sunday to our community. And since we stopped needing, we haven't been distributing any food bags. And I could, I could see Jesus' face saying, bring them to me. And so church, you know, we have 
the goal is to distribute a hundred bags of food this week. Some of you picked up your bags yesterday and, and thank God for that. And, and today you have an opportunity uh, right after the service between one and two o'clock, come by the church. It's just going to be a drive by. We'll put the bags in your car so that you can then go out and feed others. And maybe I've already lost some of you. Maybe some of you are already saying, what is that going to do? But I'm reminding you of the scripture today, and I'm reminding you of what Jesus said. It is not about what it is. It is about our willingness to serve. It is about our willingness to get out of our comfort zone. It is about our willingness to step away from the fear and start doing something. It is not about what's in the bag. It's about what is motivating us to give out those bags. And that is compassion. And, and maybe some are laughing now saying, Pastor, you've gone crazy. But I believe that in your spirit, you should be able to see Jesus looking at you, smiling, winking, saying, watch this. The other thing that we're doing, church, is we're preparing for an outdoor service. I know many are, are just anxious to be able to just worship together and, and we have some limitations and we can't do it inside the building. So we are right now coordinating a way so that we can take over the parking lot and, and be able to social distance and, and we'll still have to wear our masks, but at least we'll be able to come together as a community and try to do it in a safe way. <clears throat> and yes, maybe some people are laughing about that now, but again, I believe in my spirit that Jesus is saying, you do it and watch this. What do you have? All he wants is a willing heart. Life application point number three is he is the God of great comfort. Now we talked about compassion is costly. We talked about his expectations defy any common sense. And when we talk about comfort, it overflows. The comfort comes by knowing that God is big enough to do it. The, the help comes from God, not from us. He says, bring it to me. And, and I believe, church, that the reason that, that, that we can find comfort in the scripture is because it is not based on, on what you have or what you don't have. It is not based on, on our own human effort. It is based on the Holy Spirit empowering us to do this. And so I also think that it is an invitation for us to participate in the ministry of Christ. Why do I say that? Listen, when, when Jesus saw that they were that they needed to eat he didn't just supernaturally you know zap them you know and and say okay now you're not hungry anymore and just remove the hunger he, he didn't supernaturally just pray over them and gave them the energy so that they didn't need any food no what he did is he blessed the the bread and the fish and he thanked god for it he blessed it and then he gave it to the disciples so that they could then then give it to the people. And it is an invitation for you and for me to bring him what we have. Allow him to bless it and multiply it and then allow us to then go out and give it to the people. The other thing that's so comforting about this is that Jesus will not just meet our expectations, but he will surpass our expectations. 
You know, he saw that they were sick and he didn't just heal them. He gave them something to eat. And church, that is great comfort because the God that we serve doesn't just do the minimum for us. He goes above and beyond. This scripture is an invitation for us to be able to participate in the ministry of Christ. So what do we have? What has he freely given us? He had compassion towards us. So then we have compassion to give. He gave us grace. So we have grace to give. He forgave us. So we have forgiveness to give. He gave us unconditional love. So we have much love to give. The truth is each one of us has been gifted. And what we should do is give thanks. Ask God to bless our gifts and our talents. And then just be amazed at what he is going to do with it. Some of us have the gift of administration. Use that. Some of us, some of us, I shouldn't say that, some of you have the gift of singing. Use your voices to worship and praise him and, and usher others to do it. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Give that to him. Let him bless it and use it to help others. Some of you are blessed with money and maybe money is the only thing you can do right now. Bless it and allow him to multiply it and use it. Maybe all we have today is a smile. I invite you to use it. So church, what are we wrestling with? I think some of us are still stuck in the, I've got nothing. You know, um, I think I've been in situations, church, when I feel like I've got, not only do I have nothing, I don't even see a little kid anywhere that I could just take some of his lunch. I've got nothing. You say, give him my life, and, and I have done a good job at messing that up. You say, give him your heart. Well, I've messed that one up too. It's completely broken. And Jesus is saying, I know it is, but bring it to me. And you will be amazed at what I'm going to do with it. Today is the day of decisions. Today, I am standing here in all boldness telling you today is the day that you need to make a decision to surrender your life, to surrender your heart, to, to surrender every passion, every talent, every gift to him. Allow him to bless it and allow him to use it in a mighty way. Today is the day to make that decision. If you've never, if you have not given your life to Christ, today is the day that you make the decision and that you give life, your life to Christ. And, and I'm going to ask you for a favor right now. On your screen, you're going to see my email address, alfredo.peña at nb-ccc.org. You'll also see my phone number, 210-941-6146. If you made a decision today, I want you to write to me or text me because I want to be able to connect with you. I want to pray with you. I want to celebrate you and the decision that you made. I want to encourage you. I want to hear from you. Listen, 
you are not alone. And together, as we come like this little boy saying, I don't have much, but I have my little bit. And, and God is going to use every little bit to do some amazing things. I'm going to close with this scripture. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 1.3. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, mighty God, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Father God, that even though, um, you know, sometimes, God, it doesn't seem convenient. Sometimes it doesn't seem like the right time, God. But what a comfort it is for us to know that we can come to you at any time, God. And that you will always take the time to look at us, to listen to us, and be moved by compassion for our prayers. And so today we thank you for being the God of great compassion. And we ask, Father God, to give us the strength and the courage, God. Give us, uh, allow us, God, to use the power that we have through the Holy Spirit to be those people of compassion. That when we see the horrible things that are happening out there, that we feel horrible and that we are moved to help. And that, and that it doesn't matter what it is, God, nothing is small enough for you. That today, God, we do, um, we use everything that you've given us, God, to be able to move towards helping those that are hurting today. Father God, we thank you that you are, that you are a God of great expectations, God, and we thank, we find comfort in knowing, God, that it is not us that is going to do this. It is you through us, God. And so we thank you for, for the expectations, God, that you have of us to move to, 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 to bring them to you, God. And if all we have is a smile, then, then God, we know that you will use that for the greatness of the community that needs you so badly today. So we thank you that we are also the God that surpasses all our expectations, that you don't do the minimal for us, God, but that you will do above and beyond, God, what we can even fathom. And so we thank you, God, for the comfort that we have received freely from you. Help us, God, remember that so that we can bring the same comfort to those that need it. We thank you for the decisions that were made today. We thank you for the activation. We thank you, God, that you will use all the food bags that we're giving out today and that it will be a reminder to those people that are receiving them, God, that you love them, that you are compassionate, and that the better days are still yet to come. May these bags be the light that so many people need today. May they be the hope. May they be the reminder that you are the God that will not just bring healing, but that you will also give them something to eat. We thank you for the decisions that were made. We honor you, and it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It is our prayer as it is every Sunday that this service was a great blessing to you. I look forward to hearing from you. And now it is time for us to go. What do you have?
Jesus is saying, bring it to me. And I want you today to see Jesus looking at you, smiling, winking at you and say, watch this. God bless you.